Well, welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Frank. And today's episode is episode number 36, and we're sitting down with our friend Jeremy, also known as the Cruising Bear, to discuss his recent back-to-back sailings on the Norwegian Prima. Let's jump into it. All right. As we mentioned at the top, we do have a repeat guest. We've got Jeremy on the podcast. Welcome back to the welcome back to the podcast, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Happy to be back. So Jeremy just got off a recent sailing on the Norwegian Prima. Full transparency, Michael and I have not sailed on Norwegian. So honestly, we're super excited just to hear about your experience on on Norwegian, how it compares to the other cruise lines. You know, on their last podcast, we actually did a whole kind of walkthrough of your Virgin Voyage cruise. Normally, we kind of talk about your travel philosophy, your favorite trips that you've taken and kind of dive into that. But, you know, for those that are listening that did not meet Jeremy on the last episode, you can go and listen to that on episode 30, where he talked about his Scarlet Lady trip and his sailing there. And he had a great experience. And we're hoping that you can kind of compare a little bit about, you know, your last cruise on Scarlet Lady to the Norwegian Prima and and kind of the differences there as well. But, you know, you did a back-to-back, which is super, super exciting. And we're going to get into all of that. But, you know, you've been on a lot of cruises. What what cruise number was this, Jeremy? How many cruises does... I forget what number you said on the last episode. This is 18 and 19. 18 and 19. That's a lot of cruises. Yes. Number 20 will be on the uh, on the Harmony, so... Harmony's coming up, right? A couple... Yeah. What is it? A month or two? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, six weeks, I think. Something like that, yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, that'll be a really cool comparison, too. That's definitely going to be a massive ship and... And that's awesome. So we we did want to kind of go through the itinerary real quick. So you were on two back to back. It was a seven night. They were seven night Western Caribbean sailing, stopping in Costa Maya, Harvest Cay, Belize, Roatan, Honduras, and then Cozumel with two sea days. Obviously, that means four sea days, and then you get to hit all the other stops twice, which is I, I think it's an awesome itinerary. There's a lot of a lot of things to do there. The beaches are incredible. The food, obviously, in Mexico being great. So this was your first time on Prima and you you live locally, right? You're in Texas. You drove down to Galveston and you you got on the ship. What was that boarding process like? How was it? Was it was it pretty smooth getting on board? It was one of the smoothest processes I've ever had before. We had a 9:30 check-in time because I'm if if I'm not on the ship right when it starts, then I feel like I'm being cheated. So I got a 9:30 check-in time. <laughs> I checked in at like at like midnight, like right when you could, and I got 9:30 check-in times for for everybody for both cruises. We show up like 10 o'clock. Uh, it's like an hour and a half drive, but we, it's a Friday to Friday because, you know, the availability of the piers right now in Galveston is still a little, little, little squirrely. So we show up um, at 10 o'clock. They had just opened the doors and let people in to start checking in. There was a little bit of a log jam from that. And then once it went through, we walked right through, got checked in, sat down for 10 minutes. They started letting people on the ship. We were on the ship by 1045. Like they weren't even serving, they weren't even serving lunch yet. They were, that's how fast we were there. So what was your first thought? You got on board. You probably you probably weren't hungry quite yet for lunch. It was 1045. What was that first thing you did? What was your first thoughts when you got on board the ship? So I'd seen so many videos and I watched, I mean, so I was excited about the Prima from the way, right when it dropped. And then when I found out they were coming to Galveston, I wanted to make sure I got on them. And so I was really excited to just see how it's a beautiful ship. It's modern. It's a little different from what they've done on everything else. So I was, you walk in, you're at the atrium and I just immediately, I was like, oh, this is, this is beautiful. But I was always really excited about the indulge food hall. So it was like, we're going there right now. So we went there, caught the table yeah. real quick and waited for them to start serving. So just for those that weren't aware about how big the Prima is or anything about the ship, 
it's a relatively new ship, right? So it's it's what 2019, 2020, is it 2020? So relatively new ship. It's actually tied for sixth largest in Norwegian's fleet. You know, their largest ship is actually I had to look at the look at the numbers because like it seems like a little bit smaller. Their largest ship is actually the 26th largest cruise ship in the world, which shocked me. You would think like Norwegian, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, you got Celebrity. You know, you would imagine that they're going to have one in the top 10. But, you know, it sounds like from the most part, they don't, they're not really going for that. They don't really want to be known for, you know, the biggest ships in the world. And what was really cool is if you look up like the guest ratio of the, the size of the ship to the passenger, you know, this is one of the highest ranked in terms of the, the amount of space to passenger. So, you know, it's, 142,500 gross tons, but only 3,100 guests. So it probably didn't feel, you know, crowded, but I want to hear from you, you know, how did it kind of feel compared to to your last experience on Virgin? Because I remember you said something similar. Was it didn't feel too, too crowded on that one? So yeah, they, they, Norwegian did the, the breakaway class, you know, and they went bigger from their, I think it was the gem class before that. And instead of going bigger again, like everybody else has done, you know, everybody's gone from big to bigger to biggest. Um, they decided to bring it back down and go a little smaller and try to disperse the people a little bit. I remember people saying on the breakaway class, so sometimes it's so many people and they didn't disperse the crowds well, like Royal does on their Oasis class. They really do a good job of dispersing the crowds and making sure that build up anywhere. So this, they tried to do that. They put less people and with essentially the same amount of venues and a slightly smaller ship. It, it led to some smaller spaces. It had more stuff to do than the Virgin ship. It's, it's bigger than the Virgin ship, you know, a little more people, but it had, it, it was bigger and I thought it was nicer. Both are very modern, you know, I'll, you know, you get away from the, from the brass and the, and the, in the mahogany woods and stuff like that. But they did a good job. I thought of dispersing the crowds. If you're open to what you want to do, you know, if you're, if you're closed minded on what you want to do, you might find some frustrating times on the ship. Yeah. It's interesting. I know on last week's podcast episode, we were talking about like how, like you said, the ships have gotten bigger and bigger and one thing I was asking was like, well, the nice thing is when they start to make a smaller class ship again, I wonder if they'll take some things they learned, like you said, like the crowd disbursement and take it back to now smaller ships. So yeah, cool to hear that. Uh, sounds like they did. Now, like you said, so you had lunch at Indulge Food Hall. I can't wait to hear about that when we get to the food part of this. But let's talk about your stateroom. So you probably headed to your stateroom next. What stateroom did y'all end up booking? And then did you end up having the same stateroom on both sailings? Yes, I did. We had 11808. It was a just a family balcony. There was only two of us in the first one and then three of us in the second ones. But their staterooms are larger than the normal stateroom. And their bathrooms are larger than the normal bathrooms for a regular room. My sister went the first cruise. They had an inside room. And it was also, as far as inside rooms go, very nice, very spacious. The bathroom is much more spacious. I went on the Princess Cruise recently, and the bathroom was so small. And, and the Virgin Cruise, the bathroom was so small. This was actually a nice-sized bathroom. The rooms are very nice. They have the, the artwork on the back of the on, the on the wall, and it felt very comfortable. The, the the seating, the chairs on the balcony were probably some of the most comfortable I've sat in. So yeah, I uh, I one of my favorite rooms I've been on just for just a regular balcony. That wasn't a suite. Yeah, that's awesome. Those the rooms sound amazing, and you know I think it's really cool that you were able to snag both of the rooms, the same room for both sailings. I mean, you're a travel agent, you know. If you were to book that last minute, it's going to be extremely difficult to to do. Uh, but that's awesome that you planned ahead. You were able to get the the room held for both of your cruises and make sure you got you know the room for because then that's really the big benefit of doing the back to back, right? So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. But that that is really nice. So now let's kind of talk a little bit about the onboard activities and features. I, from what I've seen, the big 
feature that kind of stands out is is definitely the three-story racetrack. I want to hear about that if you guys got to experience that or if you know of anyone or what what people thought about it. Obviously, they got the slides on the side of the ship looks look super cool. You know, what were some of your favorite onboard on uh, in terms of features on board? What were some of your favorites for the Prima? My favorite thing was the darts. Um, they have little dart bays. You can you know sign up and schedule. <laughs> it's five dollars for about fifty minutes. Uh, they have a bunch of different games wow. to play. It's all electronic. It's it's not the um, plastic tip darts. It's actually the real the real darts, and you can throw them in there, and it kind of reads what, what happens to them. And they're not entirely accurate, but you can make changes on it. Yeah, we had a blast. We actually scheduled it. We didn't do it the first time, but the second time around, we actually scheduled it like five times. Are you a big Are you a big dart guy? Like on land, like do you do darts a lot or? When me and my buddies were younger, we did darts a lot. We all had our own darts and everything. <laughs> we, we played a lot. We were at the bar a lot. That's awesome. That. Uh, we did the escape room the first <laughs> cruise, and it was okay. The escape room was okay. It's, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to have a full on escape room experience in a, in a ship, you know. But it was it was all right. It's interesting. The Galaxy Pavilion is it's outstanding. It's a full VR. Everything's like VR in there. They have all kinds of stuff. They have uh, rides and games, and I mean, it was it's. It's unbelievable. It really is. Um, you have a day pass or by hour. And the first day of the cruise, they have a week-long pass. And if you're going to have kids in there and do it the whole time, it's only available the first day. So if you wait to the second day, like like we tried to do, it, it, it wasn't there. They have a top golf kind of a golf you know swing simulator. You swing and hits the ball, hits the map, and and goes with like a hundred different courses to choose from. So my son who plays golf, he played. He did it like three times. He loved it. So it's a, it was really great. So the Galaxy Pavilion with the VR is, it's it. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks like a totally different kind of arcade. It looks kind of like you take an arcade and then you mix it with like some of those newer like roller coasters where you put on like a headset and you, it's like a more of immersive kind of ride gaming experience, right? It is. And it's funny going from the, from the Virgin Cruise with it's an 80s and 90s arcade to, to this one, which is, you know, all VR games. And, and it was, it was, it was very, very different, but both, but both of them were awesome. I loved it. Then we did mini golf. The mini golf is interesting. They don't do it by strokes. Like most mini golf does. It's all electronic. It is a charge to play it. It's not expensive. It's like $10. The rounds can take a little while. It's done on a point system. So it's, it's interesting. It's different. What did you think about the paying? Like, so I was listening to a travel agent or someone on Instagram this week, and they were talking about, how sometimes on on other cruises, you know the the golf can get a little crowded. You got kids running around and and just like kind of taking over and going too slow and all that. Like, do you kind of like the fact that there's a little bit of a charge because then it, it 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 feeds out people a little bit more and it's not as crazy and or how how is your overall experience on that? So I originally what I think what I think it was like twenty five dollars and people complained it was too expensive. They dropped it down to 10 and they used to be $15 an hour on darts. They dropped it down to five. So they really dropped the price on all that stuff uh, to make it affordable and easy. We only did, we only did the loop one time. Uh, it was entertaining and it was fun. It was actually, it's all electronic. The way it's done, it scores itself. You don't score and it scores your shots for you. So wow, it's being, being charged kind of makes a little sense with how much it, it's uh, automated. And is this inside, like at the arcade area? Or is- no. So on uh, on that deck is the Prima Speedway, uh, where you sign up for the for the um, for the Speedway stuff. There is the darts right there, and the darts are right next to the um, mini golf. There's a there's actually a, a beer pong table. I think there's two beer pong tables. Wow. There's a regular ping pong, and there's a circular ping pong table. There's another table where you play soccer under the table while you're drinking. It's a it's a wonderful area. It's awesome. It's, and it's right. I've seen those. 
They have them on Icon. I've those are those look pretty awesome. Like I've never seen them on land. I've just seen them on the cruise ships. Yeah. Like you kick the soccer ball underneath the table. Yeah, we didn't we didn't try it, but uh, it's too much work while I'm drinking. I don't want to start breaking a sweat while I'm trying to drink there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I was like, man, there was a lot of stuff to do that was um, it's not you know so seeing a lot of different cruise ships. You know, there's not a lot of beer pong tables on a lot of cruise ships, and uh, the slides. I didn't do the slides. The water slide I, I saw, it looks fine. The dry slide on deck eight, the dry slides come down on the Ocean Boulevard and they have these plunge pools and me and my buddy were in there and we're watching people try and go down the slide and they kept getting stuck in the clear section in the middle of it, which looks terrifying <laughs> to me if you don't like small spaces. And then they got the inchworm their yeah. way down. And and that was the only no, time I saw that happen. That no, no. That was the only time I saw that happen. I didn't see it happen again after that. But and like the next day they were flying down there. So I don't know if the humidity or if it got wet in there somehow, but like everybody stopped and it, it was like a, it was like a two minute inchworm all the way down that thing. And I was like, that's, that's a pass. That's a pass for me. So I did, we didn't do no. the slides. I saw them That kind of scares me. <laughs> yes, very much so. My, my kids did the racetrack. It used to have on like the 18th and 19th deck, they had guns and you would shoot the back of the cars as they went by and they would give you a speed boost. Either somebody broke the guns or the ah. whole system stopped working, but they were slow. You can also rent time by yourself and, and go faster, which my, my kids did that. After they did that, they were disappointed how slow they were. So they went and booked another time, and they then they just kind of compared scores, and it moved. So if you do the solo one, it's probably faster. You don't race everybody else, and you kind of try and get the fastest. And the whole week there, they have the times on there to see who had the fastest time. So it was pretty cool. And that one is like what? That's like a $10 upcharge? I think it's $20. I think that was a little more expensive than the rest of them. So that's like, that's like $25. Okay. And then, of course, my last favorite space is the was in the Indulge Hall because it was awesome. So, yeah, speaking of food here, you know, after hearing your review on Scarlet Lady, I think we can all agree the three of us love good food. How was the food on board? How were the dining options in general, free versus upcharge? And then just like the food in the main dining hall and the buffet. Since you've never been on NCL, I'm not sure how many people know about NCL. They have a thing called Free at Sea. Free at Sea is kind of an all-inclusive package, you know, with, with, Nor- with Norwegian. Uh, you get the drink package, you get two nights of specialty dining if you're in a balcony room or above, or one night if you're in in a uh, inside room. Uh, you get some internet, and you get $50 shore excursion credit. So that gives you two nights of specialty dining right when you get on board. So you you, you, you bake the plans. You can bake them when you get on board. You can make them, you can do them on the kiosks at the, by, by the, um, you know, the little screens by the elevators, or you can call a number. When you get on board, you can. There's a big line you can sit in, but they make it really easy to make them. You can do them on your phone. So, we chose to do uh, Cagney Steakhouse and Los Lobos is their Mexican restaurant. It was great. <laughs> they they have good specialty dining. Cagney's has been one of my favorite specialty dining ones on every ship I've been on and all the on all the NCL cruises I've been on. But Los Lobos, the Mexican food place, uh, took the cake so much so that I did it. We did it a third time. Or we did it a second time on on both ones. So I had. And the two sailings, I had two Cagneys and four Los Lobos. There's a wow. There's a, there's a fish place. There's a um, teppanyaki yeah. place. There's a uh, a sushi place, and there's another one called Fruit Republic, which is sounds. I think it's more seafood. I don't like seafood, so we didn't do that. There's an Italian food place. I looked at the menu, and it wasn't really for me, but I heard it's very good. It's called Onde by Carpata, something like that. And it was um, it was apparently very good food there too, but. The Mexican food, Los Lobos, was was where it was at for us. The buffet is small. It's honestly the smallest buffet I've ever seen on a cruise ship. It's just one one side down. That's it. 
there's not a lot of places to sit there, but they have extra seating, which they sit there and tell you the entire time. So when people complain there's no seating at the buffet, they're just ignoring the people yelling at you when you walk in, go to the extra seating in Food Republic, which was our only half full. Yeah. So the food was good on the buffet. We enjoyed it. We thought the, the, the food of the buffet on, on, on NCL is always pretty good for us. Now, I didn't eat in the dining room. did not eat in the main dining room. I ate in two different places. I went to the Indulge Food Hall a lot. Over about half my meals were in the Indulge Food Hall. The food was good. The selection is, 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 is large. It's, it's a static menu. It doesn't change. There is a slightly larger expanded menu at dinner than there is over lunch. But you, get on, you sit down. Everything's on the app. You add everything to it. You hit order, and it starts showing up to you in, in like within like two minutes. I mean, the longest I think wow. I waited for any food was like five minutes. And how many options, like how many stalls are there? Or how many, like, is it stalls or? They're like little food trucks and little and little areas, little kiosks or whatever. And there, I think there's eight total or seven. Something wow, like that. that's strong. And is this all included as well? All included, yes. Yes. And again, they're, they're, you at, at heavy times, you're not going to find a seat. Um, breakfast is grab and go. You walk up, grab what you need and go. There's outdoor seating as well. But if it's windy, it's, you can't really do that. But. It was my favorite place to eat on. Well, yeah, my favorite place to eat on the boat, probably. You find certain dishes you like, you try them out, you try new things. It's 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 easy and quick. You can sit down, eat, and be done in twenty minutes. So you can get up and get out. It was a it was a really good experience. Uh, so we ate there a lot because it was fast, it was easy, and you could go and do what you want to do. And the last place that we ate was a place called the Local. The Local has two sides to it. There's actually a bar called the Local, and they have like a pub menu, and then there on the other side there's a restaurant. It's the local restaurant. Uh, and there's a little hallway that creates them, and you have to get seated for that. It serves breakfast there. Uh, lunch and dinner are the same menu. And then at late night, it's open till 3. Both sides are open till 3 o'clock in the morning. And you can get um, the pub menu on both sides. And some pretty good food. Uh, the carrot cake was very good. My daughter was very impressed with the carrot cake. But it was, it was good food, man. Uh, the local was, was a great spot. Yeah, the, it's crazy Like that the food hall... You know, people just like don't want to sit down, and and I think that's also something like people don't want to sit down and do like a two hour dinner every night. You know, and I saw like I've been watching a lot of content um, around Icon of the Seas, and even like on some of those first sailings, like the f- dining hall's empty. Like there was little, like it looked like a ghost town, and it's just because like to your point, you have so many other options that are free, that are quick. You don't have to sit there for ninety minutes on average or eighty minutes to like do the three course meal. You go, you grab that, you grab ice cream somewhere else just makes it your cruise is like kind of like you don't want to sit down and just sit there and waste time when you got shows and entertainment and just want something quick and easy and good honestly good quality so not super surprised but yeah the the, the local sounds awesome too that sounds like a, yeah like more of a sports bar and you know upscale menu on one side and then they have a giant tv there i mean like like eight foot tall you know 15 foot wide tv there and it was during the playoffs and they showed the you know they showed the couple of the they showed the nfc afc championship games there it was packed but it's a giant tv it's it essentially is a sports bar but it's it's um it's interestingly laid out you know it's one big long and it actually leads to the indulged food hall so uh the good thing about the indulged food hall is there are so many options for dinner since they're giving out you know everybody gets two or one or two especially dining they uh it, it really thins out at the um at the indulged food hall you can always find a table at dinner lunch is a is a bear but Dinner is always, you can always sit down, find a table, eat and get out. So, because there's so many different dinner dining options. So let's kind of talk a little bit more about entertainment on board. So I know you kind of talked about the local and having sports bar vibes and everything there, 
But outside of of that, you know, what were some of your favorite go to spots? Were there any like memorable performances or shows on board? Obviously, we got to talk a little about the casino, how that treated you on your fourteen night journey. How did you do? Um, but yeah, how was how was the entertainment? Did you stay pretty busy? And and you know, how did you manage that on on fourteen nights? So with free at sea, you get the drink package, and there is no 15, 15 drink, you know, twenty four hour minimum. There's you can order two drinks every fifteen minutes, and it makes it a lot easier to not worry about how many drinks in you are. Uh, the lo- the locals open until three o'clock in the morning, so you always got a late night spot. The casino we did, I actually did well. Um, I ended up up one hundred and seventy five dollars, and I gambled a lot, so actually nice, almost broke even. I had one little bad streak that brought it all the way down, but but while I was there, someone did win forty thousand dollars, and then someone else won eighteen thousand dollars. So it was pretty crazy. Wow! Wow! Well, who knows? Maybe you'll get some casino offers and you'll get some free cruises on uh, Norwegian soon. That's what I'm hoping, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm really hoping for. There's a nice little bar in the back called the Belvedere Bar. It's real it's real relaxed and real you know, low light. And you think almost like, um, it's not really a speakeasy, but you know, it's just a real mellow, relaxed bar, you know? You get the Pemrose Atrium. It's, um, the Atrium, there's open atrium like most ships are, three, three high. And the bar is the bottom and there's music acts out there as well. You come and go, and on, up on the third level, there's actually another bar called the Whiskey Bar. I never went to the Whiskey Bar, but it looks very nice. The Metropolitan is where I spent a lot of time. Uh, there were some musicians playing that we liked, uh, that we went there. My guy Shane, we met a musician on board. His name was Shane. If you're on the Prima, find Shane, because he's, he's a fantastic musician. Buy him a drink, because he's, uh, he's he's the man. Shane is the man. He played a lot at the Metropolitan, and we, uh, we went there a lot. Uh, they had some the drink menu my kids liked, and we liked. Then uh, every NCL ship has a Sid Norman's. Uh, Sid Norman is a, I guess he was a producer and I think in the seventies, sixties and seventies. And if I'm, I think I'm right about that. And so they do a show, they do a lot of music shows in there. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful space. It's, um, it's filled with rock memorabilia, all of the walls. It has a, um, a small venue of a music venue vibe. If you've ever been to a, a concert at a small, a small venue that's meant for music, it's exactly what it is. And every, every one, they do a rumors show. It's a Fleetwood Mac rumors where they go through the album. They sing in every song with a little story behind it. And in that night, it turned into a club, which is open until two o'clock in the morning. Um, and DJ wow. Viper was killing it every night. So that was, that was, <laughs> we had a great time. We spent a lot of time in Sid Norman's late in the observation lounge. That's in the front of the ship. It's up top. It's an absolutely gorgeous space. It goes all the way around the front of the ship. There's a beautiful, there's a wonderful bar there. The bartender, I don't remember his name, was outstanding, friendly, made great drinks. Sometimes it's hard to get a spot there because it's such a nice spot that everybody flocks there, especially in the morning and the evening times. But we didn't get to go there as much as I'd like to because that's up on 18 and we spent a lot of times on 6, 7, and 8. Is that open air or is that an enclosed space for observation? Lounge? Enclosed. Enclosed. It's, it's windows nice. all on the front nice. of the ship, but it's enclosed. A lot of lounge spaces and chairs. It's, uh, it's amazing. Not, Michael, it sounds just like the Aqua Dome. <laughs> it sounds like that the same concept with it sounds more like the viking lounge okay so more like a club vibe there or is it more just like ocean views jeremy not club but he said like ocean views with lounge chairs and- yeah it's it's if you look out the front of the ship it's, it's it's just a it's a real laid back space it's got a bar on the on the side so you can drink and i, I don't know how rowdy it got in the even time because then I, I know people were drinking heavily up there but i never went up there because we partied down on six seven eight with with my buddy shane and uh with everything else down there. All the, all the bars are really in that same area and the casino's on six. So we spend a lot of time there. Yeah. I'm looking at the, at the lounge. It looks, it looks pretty cool. It looks like a really nice spot. Just kind of hang out on a sea day and have a drink and 
That's awesome. And yeah, shout out to Shane for being an awesome musician for 14 nights. And, and I'm glad that you uh, made a little a little friend there as well. Yeah, Shane's my buddy now. Well, that's cool to hear kind of just about some of the different venues around the ship. Like, like we mentioned at the start, neither one of us has sailed Norwegian, so it's kind of cool to see what stands out on the ship. Let's talk about the Vibe Beach Club. So I know this is supposed to be like the adult-only pool area on the ship, right? Like, how was this overall? Did you spend much time here on the Prima? So we had the Vibe Beach Club for the second cruise, uh, the second part of the cruise, me and my kids did. Uh, so Vibe is a chart, is an upcharge. Uh, yet they only have a certain number of gotcha. tickets available. They'll never have, they'll never sell more tickets than they have chairs available. So it's always a place to find to eat. It's got two okay. hot tubs. It's got a great bar, great bartender, and a great bar staff. Uh, when you go in there, you're well taken care of. It's a beautiful space. It's um, sandwiched between the uh, the buffet and the haven deck, but it, it, it's wonderful. We went there as often as we could. When we couldn't find a table or we, want, or we wanted to sit outside and eat at the Lido, we just went to, we went to the Vibe. It is expensive, and it is hard to get tickets. It's it's hard to get. They, they, there's only a few hundred tickets available for the whole for the whole cruise, and once they're gone, they're gone, and you're not getting them. We couldn't get them for the first one, but we did happen to get. We actually bought the last three that were available for my second sailing. So it's not a day pass. No, it's a cruise long pass. So how does like the vibe area compare to let's say the Haven? What are like the differences between the two spots? So the vibe beach deck is a little bit like the Haven beach deck, except for the Haven has an extra has a pool, and the vibe doesn't have a pool. Actually, the Haven has a beautiful aft pool, infinity pool on the um, at the back of the ship, like on eighteen. It's it's stunning very jealous i did not get to go on that but they have big uh, hot tubs on, on either side so there's plenty of space for hot tubs and plenty of lounge spaces but the, the if we look at them they look very similar i think the lounge spaces are a little more extravagant in the haven plus the pool so and probably a little probably a little more i think they have more food outside there but it's a very nice spot if you spend a lot of time there it's well worth the money so I know you mentioned the the thermal spa on your cruise when we quickly caught up uh, after your sailing. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about you know your ability to use that on the cruise and what you thought about the thermal spa against some of the other ones you've probably done in the past? Yeah, so um, I had never really done a thermal spa before. Uh, we had the we did it on the MSC and everybody got hooked on it. So we again, it's limited passes there. They are not for they they once they don't oversell it, so it's not always crowded. It's expensive, but it's a really nice thermal spa. They have salt water and a and a and a regular water um, base soaking jacuzzi tub with jets on it. Massage your back and massage your legs and everything out. It's very big. They have a sauna, a finished sauna. They have a salt room, a charcoal room, like a UV room. They have the showers that go hot and cold, and they have an ice room. Unfortunately, the ice room had an issue in ours. It wasn't as cold as it should be. But the only downside is. With this ship, there are small spaces, and the locker room was 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 way too small. It kind of kept me out a little bit. There's barely any room to change. Uh, there's only one shower and one handicap shower, so it kind of killed the vibe a little bit for us. Um, if I went back again, I probably would not get the thermal spa. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful space. It's very relaxing, but that kind of killed it for me, and I think I'd pass on to next time. And only because the the room bathrooms are very nice. And everything else on this, we had such a good time and loved everywhere else on the boat that I wouldn't spend much time there, which is what we found. We were constantly going here or there and having a great, and we were barely in our rooms and it, we just didn't have time to go to the vibe as much as we wanted to or the thermal as much as we wanted to. Yeah, I think I'm definitely looking at getting the thermal spa, Michael, for our Alaska cruise. I think it'd be nice to have like a sauna because it's not like a super hot itinerary. You may want to use a sauna, the steam room and like some of those spaces a little bit more. 
So I'm personally looking into it, but it is expensive. And I think to that point, it's because there's just not, they're not selling a ton of those, you know, they're not trying to overcrowd it. You can't have 150 people in. I mean, it's a small little spot. So, you know, they can only sell so many passes, but I'm definitely, that's one of the things that I think we're trying to start to splurge on for our cruises is just getting those quiet, like the steam room, the sauna, get away from the crowd a little bit and just kind of unwind. Cause I think that is like, a big part of why we go on vacation, why we travel just to kind of, you know, relax a little bit. I think that those areas are nice to do that. So I will say that after a night of long drinking, uh, taking a soak and getting in the sauna and sweating it out, it makes it a much easier morning. All right. So let's move on to the itinerary now a little. So like we said at the start, this was a back to back. So you stopped at each of these ports twice. So let's kind of just talk about what you did on each one of these days and then how maybe the first cruise differed from the second. So your first port of call was Costa Maya, Mexico. What do you end up doing here? So we had bad weather the first cruise for the most part. We only had, I think, one and a half sunny days on um, on our first cruise. Second day, second cruise, I think we had six sunny days. Costa Maya, well, I think, was a decent day. It was warm. Okay. But, you know, it's there's not a lot to do for us there. There are places that people go and they have a great time. We generally just get off. It's a very nice cruise port. You can There are pools there. It's a, it's a great place to shop. It's actually a... So they've really done a good job turning that into a nice cruise port. So if you've been out of Galveston before, this whole thing, what they call it, they call it the Galveston Loop. It's Belize, Honduras, Rotan, or Costa Maya, Cozumel, you know, Rotan. It's, you kind of hit them a lot, and I've hit all of them a lot. I do like to get off there. It is a, it's a nice cruise port, and it's worth checking out for sure. If you want to sit there and drink or hit the pool right there, it's, it's a good spot for it. Yeah, so I know last year was my first time actually stopping there in Costa Maya. And like you said, the cruise port area was super nice. We ended up doing an excursion that day, so I didn't get to really hang out in it. But I think next time we go back, I'd definitely hang out in that area. All right, so moving on, your next stop was Harvest K Belize. How was these days on both your sailings? Again, uh, we had a day that started nice and turned turned to rain. And the second day was gorgeous in the second cruise. If anybody's been to Belize, you've most likely been to Belize City. It's a tender port. Tender ports are generally kind of a pain in the butt. You know, you go, you stand in line, you wait, you got to wait to get back on. So it could be a little frustrating. I generally try to avoid tender ports if I can. Harvest Cay is very nice. Uh, the only draw, drawback on this one is the drink package doesn't work on that island. And I don't know why. There's some reason why. But that's one of the very few private islands where your drink package does not work on the island. But as far as the, the beaches go and the spaces go, it is gorgeous. It is wonderful. I would definitely go back and do this again just to go back to Harvest K. It's a, we just went to the beach and hung out. Uh, we didn't do any excursions. There are excursions you can do there, but we just went to the beach and hung out and had a good time. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I've never been to, to Harvest K, but I've heard the port for Norwegian and, and the private destination there is super nice. So let's move on to Roatan, Honduras. So I've actually been here. I did. I think I did some snorkeling back a few years ago, and it was some of the best snorkeling that I've ever done. The water is like beautiful. I mean, we saw so many fish, yeah. and this was like five years ago. So I, my memory is like maybe it's probably longer. Okay, it's probably like eight years ago. Don't fact check me, but it was really memorable. Just like the amount of fish that we were able to see. Were you able to do anything cool at Roatan? We weren't. It rained both days there. We had one slight. Nice afternoon. Uh, my friends had a beach excursion. Went they went. The wind was so strong they turned around and left, and they actually got refunded for their excursion. Princess and I've mainly been to Mahogany Bay, which is Princess and Carnival's, you know, version of that. You know, and that's a great cruise port. This is a smaller cruise port. It is actually under construction to expand it. It's, I mean, as you said, Roatan is beautiful and it's got great snorkeling. And I would love to snorkel there again. Uh, we would, if I was going to go back, I'd go back and do Little French Key again. 
but unfortunately we had bad weather both times. Okay. So we 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 got off and shopped the second day when it cleared up, and it's, an, it's a it's a small little cruise port, but it's going to be it's about to be much nicer as they get uh, as they get moving forward here once the construction finishes. All right. Last but not least, we had Cozumel. So uh, how did Cozumel go for you guys? Cozumel's great, man. I mean, everybody's been there. If you've been on a cruise, right? I think everybody's been to Cozumel at least once. If you've been on a cruise, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's so much to do. We went to Chacanab the first time. Uh, we had a friend of ours who had never nice. been anywhere. We, you had that fifty dollars shore excursion credit with NCL, so we we used that for kind of the all inclusive there. Uh, all inclusive with Chacanab is not the best option if you're doing. Um, you can only drink in a certain part, and uh, you can't drink on the beach. It's not part of it, so it's kind of a little too separated for me. It was a nice little time. The second time we did, for the first time, did Paradise Beach Club. We had only ever done you know, Mr. Sancho's, which is awesome. Mr. Sancho's is a party place. That's the one I was literally just looking. I was like, I think it's called Mr. Sancho's. I've, I did that one, and I, I, it was a great time. But I think that, to your point, like the beach club is definitely what you want to do when you go to Cosmo. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good, man. Uh, yeah, if you're going to do dolphin excursions and feed the manatees and all that stuff, uh, Chakanov's great for that. Uh, they, have, they have, you know, you can see... All got you see other other wildlife there. You can they have these little mine ruins things you can go check out. It's great if you're going to party, relax, be in the pool, drink by the beach, do, do beach activity stuff. I would I would recommend both of them. I recommend Paradise Beach Club and Mr. Sancho's. They're both wonderful. Um, I'm going back again in a couple weeks in a couple months uh, with my new girlfriend, and we are doing Paradise. We rented a bed, you know, there we got a little bed on the beach, so we are definitely doing that. But I would also go back to Mr. If I was going to party more, I'd probably go to Mr. Sancho's. Relax more, I'd probably go to Paradise Beach Club. I think I went in college, so I feel like that's a good synopsis of what I remember. They had like <laughs> the swings at the bar, and it was like the music was bumping, and it, it was a good time. So if you're young listening to this podcast and you want to party and just like just down like daiquiris and sex on the beach drinks, like go to Mr. Sancho's. <laughs> if you want to relax, if you're like I want a slow kind of nice beach day, go to Paradise Beach. Yeah, there's party, definitely party and relaxation at both of them. You're not going to miss one or out if you go, you know, if you go to Paradise, you're still going to party. There's still going to be a big party atmosphere. But yeah, I, I like the um, the pool at Mr. Santos better. They have the bar stools in the water right at the right at the bar, and you have to you don't have to get out of the pool to go get a drink. That's I, I've been sick going back to the boat a couple times already doing that. It's easy to drink there. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a good time at all your port stops, or at least the best you could, depending on like like you said the weather. At least it got better the second sailing. So I know now each sailing had two sea days total. So you had four overall. What did your normal sea day look like on the ship? Um, again, very different first cruise to second cruise. Um, the first one, there was a lot of gambling in the casino. You know, hanging out with the friends. We did a lot of trivia. You know, it was a little bit of a late riser, th- uh, early riser thing there on that one for me. So it's was, it was much more laid back on the first one. We did party. We did drink a lot. Yeah, we had a good time drinking. We played in the casino a lot, but... It wasn't a big party thing. It was a lot of relaxing, hanging around. We played some games. You know, the the, the crowd I was with on that one was it, it's it was more of a laid back, you know, have a good time. The second time I was with my kids with a bigger party crowd, and the sea days were darts and by beach club and uh, you know hitting in the casino a little bit, hitting the bars. You know, we we ran it pretty hard in the night times. You know, we got started fairly early, right after dinner. We eat dinner right when it opened and then went went after it. You know, Shane played around six forty five most nights and then we uh we listened to him play and then we partied the rest of the night. So you needed another cruise after just to with the first group just to kind of 
rest again <laughs> after. <laughs> maybe a third different group, maybe a different group. that's even more relaxed. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, you know, you mentioned a lot about the weather. I think the weather has just been so insane in the Caribbean, you know, and you know, there is, I'm not trying to say like there's a winter ocean or whatever, but people do say that, you know, the, the, the weather in the winter can just be a little bit more hit or miss. You know, usually you hear June, July, it's, it's pretty smooth sailing. The seas aren't as crazy and obviously it will change year to year and how the wind is blowing all that. I'm not a meteorologist out here, but this year has been like, I'm just seeing all over the internet, just like how rough and even carnival ships and things hitting into piers and stuff and just Coco K getting evacuated 45 mile an hour winds. Like the last couple of months have been pretty rough for cruises and I'm sure it's going to turn a little bit, but it's interesting that you mentioned that the weather, I just want to call it out that it was bad and you know, it kind of flipped overnight. You had a really great sailing on the second sailing, but it is like a bummer too, when you do book a cruise and you know, you have a couple of days where you're not able to, or you miss a port or anything like that. So it sounds like you were still able to, to make the most out of your itinerary, which is awesome. And the best part is you had two tries at each stop. So you were like, eh, it's okay. We, we don't really have to, you know, you know, do it all on the first time we get to go back and do it again next time. And, and you really got to do that. So now this is kind of the part where we talk a little bit about disembarkation. Obviously this is a little bit different this time. Uh, you, you got off the ship and then you walked right back on. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about how that went and how the process was a little bit different? Well, first I'll say, you know, everybody knows the last night's a sad one on the cruise. You know, you finish dinner, you, you go home, you go back to your room, you pack up, Either you put your bag out, you just get everything ready, and then you kind of head out for the night and then come back in. For me, it was a very relaxing evening night before, nice and easy to get up for the <laughs> that morning. My my roommate that was there, they got up and got out. I went and saw my sister and her friend in her room, said goodbye to them. And then I went back in my room, let the, let the ship clear out, went and got some breakfast. And as the ship starts clearing out, it cleared out pretty fast. It was a very, very easy get off for them. By nine, I mean, by 9.15, the ship was essentially empty. Uh, we were supposed to meet wow. in, uh, in 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 the improv at I think nine thirty for the uh, to show our passports to and that went by super smooth. They were there early. There were only, there were only six of us, and they went through it. They checked them out, and that was it. We had to walk around, and so you're walking around this you know these giant cruise ships, and there's the workers, and you see them getting set up and what's going on, what they're getting ready for, the madness of everybody getting on. And when it's quiet, there's nobody around there. It's a little bit more boring than I thought it'd be. If I was there with somebody, it might have been a little different. But I was by myself, waiting for a whole new crew to come on for me. But it was it was a little, a little relaxing. I got a little bit of work done. I did a lot of work on that first cruise. I just spent, I did more time working the first one. Where I, I told myself I'm not going to book the second one. Um, you know, our company came out. Mine and your company came out with some really great icon prices, and I I, I put something up there, and then it went like a wildfire. And I spent I spent like a day and a half booking all the rooms up in that one cruise we had left, which are all gone, which is awesome though. Cause we had new icon rooms, but yeah, I spent a lot of time working and I worked a little bit then too, but it was, they, they let you know, there's a really good communication, a lot of stuff in your room telling you, Hey, if you're, you're back to back, come to guest services on the last night and get a new ship card and, and, and they get it all taken care of. So it's all done well in advance. And it's, um, and being in the same room made it, made it even easier. Uh, you don't have to pack anything up. It also makes it easy for the people that come on board. I could just take them to my room and drop their bags off. Cause my kids came on and they were in the room with me. They came on, we went and dropped their backpacks off right away. And then they don't have to worry about that. So I still had access to my room the whole time. How did you do with laundry? I mean, I feel like I go through so many clothes on a seven night cruise. You got formal nights and dressed your bath. And how did you, did you do some laundry halfway through or? 
so my um, my sister and my dad are both Sapphire, and they get a free bag of laundry. So I made them do my laundry for me. I brought my laundry to their rooms and <laughs> made them, hey, put this, send this out to them. So they, I got my laundry done. I needed it too because I was, and I still at the end, I still had barely anything left clean. So I booked, I packed for like nine days, and apparently I needed like eighteen days. So you go through a lot of clothes on cruises. You don't realize like you know you probably go through three outfits in a day. So it's it's a lot. You got your yeah. pool stuff. You got your dinner stuff. You may even dress down after dinner. So it's a lot of clothes. You're eating a lot. You're spilling food on your shirt. You got to take it off. Yep. So let's kind of just stay on the topic here at back-to-backs. Like Frank and I mentioned, we've sailed a lot out of Florida. So like the Caribbean cruises here, you're looking at like one week Eastern Caribbean, one weekend Western Caribbean. Here, like you said, you called it the Galveston Loop, I think. How did the repetitive itinerary impact your planning process or kind of just your thought process for the port days? So it's... um. You kind of don't know what to expect. You know, we, I had two different cruise groups with me and um, a smaller one and a bigger one. So it, it really kept everything different. You know, I could see if you went the same group, you could, might get a little tired of it or spend, you know, we're going this week, we're going to stay on the boat and this week we're going to get off the boat. You know, I could see that happening a lot, but it, we had different weather, very different weather for both cruises. I had a different cruise group for both cruises. And interesting left that the crowd on the, on the cruise ship itself was very different. We, I was one the January 26th. It was an older crowd. A little bit more laid back, less rowdy, less kids, which is always a good thing. Then the the second round, there were more kids. It was still not an overwhelming amount, but there were more kids, uh, more you know teenagers, and a, a lot more middle aged people rather than older people. And it was a rowdier crowd, man. The, the music shows were bigger. Uh, they were more fun. It just they got more involved. It was literally two very different. Speaking with Shane afterwards, he said uh, it was actually the first night we were watching another performer play. And he said, this crowd's live. This crowd is very different from last last, last cruise. And it really was. It was a very different crowd, a very different feel. So you, you go in not really knowing what to expect on your back-to-back. You know, you don't know what weather's going to be like. You don't know what the, you know, what the crowd's going to be like. And it was, it was two very different cruises for me. The first one and the second one, both very different cruises doing the same exact thing on the same exact ship. You feel, you know the ship better though. That's what I'll say is you, by the time when you knew, learn a new ship, it's the fourth or fifth day. You really know it like the back of your hand and then you're off the ship. On this one, I knew the ship at the back of my hand, and then I had a whole week on it. So I'm telling anybody who's lost, I'm helping them out. My kids, I tell them right where to go. Uh, you know which elevators to take where. You know where to go. It's uh, I feel like I should do every cruise two weeks now. Talking a little bit more about that, right? So how did you keep things kind of fresh, right? So in terms of your shows, you know, again, you, you, did you try to save? Was your mentality like, I'm going to save certain things for the second time around? Or... Or did you just kind of go for it on the first week and be like, I'm going to do as much as I can, all the shows, all the dining, and then, you know, I'll just do it again on the second cruise. Like, were there certain things that you were like, hey, I'm going to wait on that. Like, I'm not in a rush to get that done because, you know, I can see that later on. Yeah, just kind of talk us through your, your thought process on how you kept things, you know, fresh and exciting. So since we had the vibe and the thermal for the second cruise, we kind of, I kind of really wasn't really worried about saving anything because I knew I had those in my back pocket. I don't really go to the to the musical shows. They had a Donna Summer musical, and apparently it was very 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 good. I did see a lot of live music. There's a big music festival they have where a lot of the performers. It's called Ocean Fest, and they do a bunch of covers, a bunch of songs. Great music, great fun, really really great energy, and they do it in a the theater. Uh, I saw that one, and I made sure we did that one both times. But it changes a lot, like I said, with with the crew you're with. It's it was it was a different cruise. I mean. Uh, the first crew, the first crew we were with, we knew we were going to play in the, in the casino more. They're big gamblers. We, we were, we were going to play games. We kind of had a different different experience with our first crew. The next cruise, I had some friends that I'm, you know, that I'm really close with, and I had my kids on board, and my parents were there. 
And I knew that was going to be a bigger party cruise. Um, and while we drank and had a good time, we were generally in bed fairly early, a couple late nights. But the the second cruise, we were up till you know two or three in the morning drinking in the bars and you know hanging out with you know listening to the singers and stuff like that. So I kept it fresh by doing things completely different. You know, yeah. I did some of the same things. I just did it kind of a different way. Yeah, that's a good answer because it is. It's just like every cruise is different based on who you're with, right? And, you know, it's a totally different experience when I cruise my family versus with when I cruise my friends. So it's definitely a good, a good point, honestly. You know, two weeks on a ship is a long time. Do you think you could have done another week or two or what, what's kind of, you kind of pushed probably one of your longest cruises you've ever been on doing 14 nights straight. What was your thoughts on it? Yeah, that's my second long, my, my longest was 15. So it was right there with it. And I could have done two more weeks because I love cruising and that would be no problem. But, you know, when you get to the end of a cruise, you're always like, yeah, it's sad it's over, but I'm ready to get back to my bed and my big shower. And I'm ready to get back to, you know, having my, my things in my life. It sucks. You got to cook for yourself. You got to clean for yourself. Um, of course, I had just met somebody, so I was anxious to get back and see her. Uh, my, my new girlfriend, Lori, who is now uh, a travel agent at Anywhere But Here Destinations, uh, ABH Destinations on Instagram. Go find her. I could have done more. I, I mean, I love the ship so much. Um I love the, the the people on the ship. There were a lot of great workers on there. Um, I love the vibe of the ship. I could have done another week at least. I was ready to get off and do some, you know, do some stuff at home. But I had such a good time that it was even after two weeks, it was very sad to pack up and go, especially with my kids there. That made it even harder. I wish I could have combined both groups and had everybody there together. But it was, we had such a good time. It was, just, it was hard to say goodbye even after 14 days. I could have definitely done at least one more, one more uh, loop on that one. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I think just talking for all three of us here, I mean, we never want to get off the ship when it's finally time to get off. We all wish we could just keep sailing along. Now, you know, last time we had you on the podcast, we were talking Virgin Voyages. How how did this experience compare to Virgin Voyages? And then how would you say this cruise kind of just compared overall? Like, how would you stack it on your list of like all-time favorite cruises you've taken? It is definitely up there for favorite cruises. Uh, it was it was probably two of the best weeks that we had at sea. Um, it, we, we, it, was, it was fantastic ship experience, people on board. When you look at it versus the, uh, like the, like the Virgin ships, the core is a little bit the same. It's still, still very, very nice. Uh, you know, a lot of partying going on. Um, I've been on princess, which is an older vibe. So it stacked up near the top. Uh, this ship, like I said, the ship gets beaten up a little bit by people, but I thought it was gorgeous. I loved it. My kids say it was their favorite ship of all time. It's been one of my favorite ships of all time. So it's, it, it, it was it was one of my favorite cruises of all time. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because it's definitely, you know, when you look at Virgin compared to this in terms of price, it's not even like the same ballpark. I mean, I know you got, you did the, you had all, all the perks and everything included in your rate right here, right? The drink package, the dining. It, I mean, it probably was half the price, right? For, you know, a seven night cruise compared to like a four or five night cruise on Virgin. It was, uh, it's, I think it's about the same, yeah. Um, but if you, especially dining every night, uh, it adds up. And, uh, you know, once you, once you add certain things here and there, you add the Wi-Fi package in and you add the soda package in and, uh, but then you take away the, the drink package and there's no kids and it's really depends and what, and what's all included, you know, like, uh, it's, it's really hard to compare apples to apples. They're very different cruise experiences. Um, but it, the, the, the NCL will, I don't want to call it nickel and diming, but they charge you for pretty much everything. Whereas NCL, where a virgin tries to really hold off on charging you for things. Um, it's more expensive 
Uh, I would say the food's probably a little better on Virgin, even though NCL was very good. I'd say the food on Virgin was better. So not apples to apples, but it's Virgin is definitely pricier. Awesome. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our our review and and hearing about your back to back experience. Is there anything else you want to mention just about you know the ship, the itinerary, your back to back experience before we let you go? I will say that um, I, I am looking at booking you the Prima or the Viva soon. Um, we're probably going to do that again, at least in 2026, because it's going to be out of Galveston still. Um, I would recommend NCL to families and to uh, people who want to party. It's, it's it kind of got something for everybody there. So NCL is a great a great cruise company and uh, free at sea. If you're going to go on there and you're going to drink and you want everything included, NCL is definitely one of the ones you want to do. If you're not going to do that, I would maybe kind of shy away from NCL. But the ship is great. The itinerary is great. Uh, Harvest K is a nice change for Belize rather than Belize City. So I would definitely recommend this to almost anybody. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on again. First time having a, a repeat guest on the podcast. So congrats congrats to you, honestly. And and uh, we look forward to having you back on here, hopefully after your Harmony sailing in a few months or you know anywhere down the line, you're welcome to come back on the podcast. So thank you. Yeah happy to be here and i will i will definitely at least talk to you after my uh, first oasis class ship well that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the cruise conversations podcast we just want to thank jeremy again for coming on this week to discuss his recent back-to-back sailings on the norwegian prima make sure to give him a follow on social media at the cruising bear and while you're at it make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to this podcast at really helps us out and it'll let you be notified each week when we drop a new episode And make sure to give us a follow on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You can find us at Cruise Conversations. If you have any questions for future episodes of the podcast, make sure to either DM us on Instagram or fill them out in the question and answer box below this episode. And if you're ready to book your next cruise vacation, we'd love to help you throughout that process. Make sure to fill out the job form in our bio and we'll get back to you real soon. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you back here next Wednesday.